Welcome to Finding Your Way, a podcast designed with survivors in mind. Conversations on this show help guide listeners towards finding solutions for safety and support as they navigate life from becoming a victim to being a survivor of violence. I'm your airtime advocate, Lauren Stevens, and I represent a team of professionals from Care Lodge Domestic Violence Shelter, home-based in Meridian, Mississippi. To be vulnerable about our stories can be healing for both the hearer and the one sharing. Brene Brown says that vulnerability is the core of shame and fear and our struggle for worthiness, but it appears that it's also the birthplace of joy, of creativity, of belonging, and love. Well, we're going to hear today from someone that has embraced vulnerability as a way to make a difference. Jessica Gishto is a Care Lodge volunteer and certified victim advocate. She reached out to us with the desire to share about her own experience with domestic violence and sexual assault. Her goal is to bring healing and hope to other survivors through sharing her story. Well, hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. And I was so excited when you wanted to be on the podcast. This is my first one doing. So um, Jessica asked if she was my guinea pig. And I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> and um, we're both first time podcasters, but we're yes. so excited. And um, it's just going to be a conversation. So um, to kind of just start off, where are you orig- originally from, actually? So, originally, I'm from uh, New Jersey, um, and pretty much, you know, I'm adopted, but pretty much, you know, that's all I've ever known is New Jersey. Um, And then, 11 years ago now, um, I've moved to Mississippi, so I've been a Mississippi resident now for a little over, you know, 10, 11 years. So, So I wanted to ask you some fun questions so what are some things that you like to do in your free time um oh let's see I mean I like to go out to eat I'm a big restaurant person so that's really? pretty much where you'll find me is at a restaurant <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant <laughs> um I love Cracker Barrel I love uh Waffle House um I love all the fancy places too but you know um mm-hmm. so um, you know, like Olive Garden, Weidman's, those kind of things. So, mm-hmm. um, I love going to, um, shop for clothes. I'm a big clothes, clothes person. Shopper. Yeah. Clothes Do you like shopper. to go thrifting? Uh, not really. Like just, store. um, you know, I like to buy, you know, nice, but like affordable clothes that, mm-hmm. um, and so I love, um, I love different colors. You know, I'm, I'm a person who likes colors to my clothes so you'll find me usually buying like floral prints or um or I don't know pink stuff or blue you know like blue stuff so awesome so you you like colorful clothes yes (laughs) well cool well um what I want to just kind of start off with some questions about you know your involvement in Care Lodge Mm -hmm. so what kind of led you to want to do a blog and I mean not a blog a podcast (laughs) to want to do a podcast um and to ultimately just be a volunteer at Care Lodge um what led me to do a podcast was um I have so much stuff that I've been through you know and I I wanted to um 
just share my story with others, hopefully to inspire somebody else and give somebody else hope and, and, um, let them know that they're not alone, you know, and, um, and what led me to volunteer at Care Lodge, um, I was a victim of domestic violence and I did, um, for about, I guess about a year, um, I was a member of one of the support groups um, on the coast at um, the Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence, and I saw how just supportive everybody was with like the staff and the um, and like the other victims um, who would join like the group meetings and whatnot. And I wanted to volunteer at Care Lodge to help people the same way that I was helped. And, so, and give sort of the same kind of support and so that's powerful <laughs> yeah, so. so um you said you want to kind of share things to inspire other people mm-hmm. share your story would you mind sharing a little bit about your experience with domestic violence so my story with domestic violence my experience um I think is a little unique because when I a lot of times I find anyway, um, when I hear other people tell me their stories about domestic violence, it usually includes a lot of physical abuse, a lot of like, you know, their abuser like drank a lot or whatever. Um, my story is a little bit different in that mine was a lot of verbal emotional abuse, a lot of things that were said to me that, you know, by my um, abuser that weren't, you know, always the, the most caring, and, um, so what did that look like? So, it was, oh gosh, it was like, every day was like walking on eggshells, because I never knew what I was gonna do that might set him off, that might, um, you know, or, or what I was gonna say that might set him off, so I was, I was very quiet, around him a lot of times, um, for fear that if I said something back, I would get, you know, verbally attacked or whatever. Um, he would, he had a problem with, like, anger management, so, uh, prior to me meeting him, so, which he had told me about, um, and he said that he went to, like, anger management classes and everything, but I guess, um, I'm not sure how much that helped or didn't help him, but, um, but he had, he also had a family history of abuse too. His, he had told me when we were dating that, um, one of his parents was abusive. So, um, but just, uh, you know, and then a lot of like religion, a lot of other types of abuse too, like religious abuse, um, you know, he would get mad at me if I believed a certain way, um, financial abuse, he would, you know, take advantage of me financially, and, and we couldn't really, um, take care of what we needed to take care of, um, because he would go and spend money on whatever, you know, he wanted to, so it was like, um, what else oh gosh I mean I could just go on and on but so when you were in the middle of all that did you know that you were being abused at the time um I did I I did um 
I just, I didn't really, I didn't, my situation was I didn't want to believe it. I wanted to believe that deep down he was a good person, that he, you know, I wanted to see it still work between mm. myself and my ex-boyfriend, but, um, you know, um, and I kept, you know, I, I hear this a lot too from people of, who survived abuse um that you know and, and I experienced it myself that I kept thinking well maybe next month it's gonna get better maybe you know next year it's gonna get better but but it never did so um so I think for me I I knew that I was being abused but I think for me it was a matter of I kept not wanting to believe it I kept wow. yeah so and surprisingly, you know that that is the story for so many people is that they want to make it work and mm -hmm. that there probably was some good things and good times amidst, oh, yeah. like, the bad times, too. Yeah. So, you mentioned, you know, uh, you taking advantage of the Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence, yes. which is amazing. Um, yes. So, how did their, how did their involvement and, you know, going to that group help you in that process? Uh, so, it helped me to know that um that I wasn't alone because I felt like the I was the only one who was who you know who was a domestic violence survivor even though realistically I know that tons of people go through domestic violence but I think when you go through something traumatic like that you you feel like you're the only one who goes through X situation. So it helped me to know that I wasn't alone. Um, it was interesting hearing the different survivors stories because we would often share um, during the group meetings um, the different people's stories. So it was good to make friends too with, with uh, some of the girls who attended those meetings. So because when I left my ex, um, I didn't have a lot of friends. I was very lonely. So the Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence definitely helped me to make friends in that way. Um, and it gave me, um, it gave me an outlet to, to share my story too. Uh, because I actually, after I left um, my situation with my ex, I went back, I think like a year later and I wrote like a narrative, um, a very detailed narrative of things my ex said, did, that were abusive, whatever. Um, and I went back and I read that to the girls at the shelter, which was very powerful. So, um, so yeah, so it gave me an outlet to, to like share my story as well. So, um, and then I also received a, a little bit of individual counseling at the center for like a very brief amount of time, which, which helped too. So, mm -hmm. um, wow. So, yeah. so it sounds like sharing your story and helping other survivors, like was a big coping. Yeah. Was a big coping mechanism for you. Like it helped you get through it. Yeah. Um, how, how was it when you shared your story with the other Oh goodness. I remember uh my um 
getting out of my situation was like literally had just happened. So, so of course, you know, all those wounds were still very fresh, um, very raw for me. So, um, so when I, when I read that story, when I read that narrative, cause I, I had it on a piece of paper and I just went through and read it because I knew right off the bat, I knew I was going to get nervous and emotional. And so, um, so I figured, well, if I have it in front of me where, to where I could read it, you know, it'll help put me at ease. So, um, but when I shared that story, um, I remember I had a hard time getting through it. Um, without crying because <laughs> um, it was yeah and then I remember when I was reading it I remember like as I got deeper and deeper into it and I was reading it um I could just hear like everybody around me I didn't even have to like look away from the paper like I could just hear everybody around me crying with me and getting emotional with me so so it was very um very impactful very powerful so mm-hmm. Well, that is so awesome, and so you're continuing to share your story today. Yes. So that um, just goes to show, like, how powerful it is, like, how therapeutic it is for other people to hear, but also for you to share your story and to receive strength from you overcoming. And so um, people need to hear that, you know, especially those that might still be in that situation of hearing someone else that's been through the fire and has overcome and was able to leave and you know now you're a thriving and successful person and you know away from an abusive person so that um we definitely need your story and we need to hear it um so since all of this took place you mentioned you know your wounds and them those being super fresh and like raw um, how did you overcome that even after you left him and you were no longer physically in danger? How, how did you overcome all of that trauma that you went through for so long? Um, well, I think even to this day, I haven't a hundred percent overcome it and I, I don't think I ever will, but, um, but I think for the most part, um, so I'm a big music person, <laughs> so, um, you know, I've been in, like, choirs and all kinds of things like that my entire life, so, um, so I'm a big music person, so I think for me, um, my coping mechanism was listening to a lot of domestic violence type songs that helped me, um, and, like, and I remember I created, like, this photo album um, cause I'm a big, like, arts, crafts, arts and crafts, you know, type person too, and, like, scrapbooking, and, like, I love all that kind of stuff, and, um, so I, I remember I made this photo album, and I put, like, um, one of the big things I put in it was, like, little snippets of, like, lyrics of those songs in that photo album, um, just to help me, um, overcome my what I went through and so um, it's therapeutic for you definitely definitely and then um one of the other ways I coped um I remember like right after I fled my situation when um my parents had come down to visit me coincidentally like right after it happened and uh um 
And one of the first things they did was um, they bought me my first cat because they know how much I like cats. And, and uh, I like animals in general, but I'm, I'm a big cat lover. So, um, so they bought me my first cat. And, and I think, you know, I think we forget a lot that, about pet therapy and how therapeutic that can be. Just, mm-hmm. just having a, an animal around, you know, that, um, that especially one that you are really passionate about you know one that you really like right um and so I think that helped me too like a lot of just having that having some company yeah having that company definitely for babies yes definitely and (laughs) we just got a new puppy as well and she is so therapeutic and (laughs) getting all the puppy snuggles helps (laughs) so yeah yep well, that is so great that your parents were supportive as well and saw yes. that need and um, that was able to be, you know, a good thing for you to have. Yeah, a definitely. Kitty. Definitely. <laughs> yes. So, um, what was one of your favorite songs that you, can you remember like one song that stuck out maybe that helped you through? Um, so, um, I'm a big Christina Aguilera fan. <laughs> um, my cousin, my, one of my very closest cousins, um, knows that about me and, and uh, like anybody who like really, really knows me knows that about me too. So, <laughs> um, so her song, Christina Aguilera's song, Oh Mother really impacted me. I remember the first time I heard it. Um, and just, a lot of the lyrics of that song really helped me. Um, I remember, like, because, um, you know, my my ex, he also had three kids that he abandoned, um, you know, which he told me about as well. So, um, and I know that song talks about, like, sacrificing your life for like the safety of your children and and you know there's like a part in there that talks about that and like um and just just being um in like this horrible situation from the time that you like get married to somebody till you know till you leave them that who's abusive and and I never got married to my ex but I um but we had talked a lot about like engagement and whatnot and getting married and and I guess you know thank goodness I I didn't but um but that like just the narrative and like the storyline of that song really um impacted me so that's awesome well shout out to Christina Aguilera for making a great song to help you get through that yes um Another song that really helped me was, um, I'm also a big Martina McBride fan, um, and, like, the, um, her song Broken Wing helped me, too, like, a lot of the things that that song said about, like, about your abuser constantly putting you down, but yet you're able to figuratively, you know, like, fly and, and survive above Mm -hmm. that, so, um you know, that whole concept of that song, and then, um, so, I, I think she had several songs about domestic about, violence, oh yeah, yes, mm-hmm. so, and I, I love them all, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, well that's awesome, music is 
therapeutic for you in a lot of ways and so um songs a lot of times get people through the hard days and yes so is that one of the ways that you kind of deal with you said you're still not totally over it and Mm -hmm. it's totally understandable people deal with the effects of abuse Mm -hmm. sometimes their whole lives so is music and songs one of the ways that you deal with that today like coping with memories coping with definitely definitely Mm -hmm. yeah Definitely. So what other ways, um, you know, trauma can affect us in just our daily life and in our functioning and the way that we relate to people now? So um, what kind of ways do you see that happening now? Like, uh, how long ago was was it? So, let's see. So I met him in, I met him first time I met him was in 2010 um, when I first moved to Mississippi and then everything was going great for about I guess two years and then I kind of noticed some changes in him and so I guess about 2013 14 Mm -hmm. something like that and then I left the it had to have been 2000 like 2012 2013 when mm-hmm. things started getting kind of rocky and and then because then I I left my abusive situation in 2015 like December 2015 so wow. um so it's it's been a long time but um but there are definitely still things that trigger me and so um yeah. um so what kind of things what would you mind elaborating a little bit on some of the things that you face today like um Um, there's people that you know deal with that even from stuff they experience from childhood and so it might help like the triggers like you want me to go into the triggers or like um yeah if you want to like so um or maybe i I think yeah go ahead i i think one of the main things that triggers me now um, presently is if you is one of the big things that triggers me is like how I'm talked to that's a big big thing for me today um, because it was so much verbal abuse that I experienced so and so much um, like yelling and and just anger and so I think a big thing for me presently is like how I'm talked to like I can't be yelled at I can't be talked to um, too, like, coarsely, or too, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, just, I can't, um... Like, too rough. To, like, yeah. Or harsh. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a, um, Which big, that's big thing totally understandable. I mean, yeah. that shouldn't happen anyway, someone yeah. speaking harshly, <laughs> but, um, it's understandable that you would be more sensitive, because that's yeah, the I type of very, abuse that you went through. Yeah, I get very, um, like, shaken up by mm-hmm. that when when that happens to me, so it's a big thing for me. Um, I, I'm very, um, sensitive about, like, the age of the, of the guy who I date, like, if I try to, like, find a guy now to meet somebody and, like, potentially date them, like, Mm -hmm. I'm very sensitive about their features and about their age and Mm -hmm. about, um, because, like, if it's exactly, like, the same as, my ex's features were then I that triggers me I Mm -hmm. I can't because then that brings back memories for me of my ex that are negative so um 
so like features like like eye color and hair color and right. um and like my ex's age and um and like height and you right. know like and that's understandable so, too yeah so so uh, even something that ended several years ago it mm-hmm. still affects you know who you're friends with and who you date and yeah, absolutely the way that uh, that you respond to people speaking yeah. to you mm-hmm. so um so that just goes to show like abuse we have to have compassion for each other because abuse yeah. like if a person has been abused it can touch so many different small areas you know in yeah. our lives like that maybe someone else wouldn't expect and so um you never know my mom always said, you know, you never know what someone's going through. And so yeah. being compassionate enough to, you know, be sensitive to those things is so important. Um, so you still feel the effect of these things. Um, how do you cope with those things today? Like we talked about music and listening to things now, mm-hmm. but are there different strategies or just things that you try to daily incorporate into your life to help deal with um you know, the memories or the the hard things that you face today? I think just, um, I don't really think about it as much today as I, as I did when it first happened. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't walk around like thinking about it. So it's not something that, um, that I, like every day try to find like a different coping mechanism for Mm -hmm. now it gets easier it's not yeah it gets easier over time I I think um I think a big thing for me like I said was my music and and my writing and um and just like um I, I think just telling my story via writing like I remember um like when I, because this happened when I was going to school for my master's degree too, so, um, so I remember, uh, the graduate school that I attended, the honor society that I happened to become a, a member of, um, they, like, put out this advertisement one day, and they said, um, we want, you know, we're giving, like, a small, like, very, very small financial award to, um, two candidates who we want you to write about, um, a story that, like, impacted your life and, um, and how you can use the Honor Society to help you, um, to, like, sort of help you with whatever it was you experienced. And Mm -hmm. so, um, and, they told me later via email that they had like a hundred candidates s- submit writing submissions and um and they chose two and I was one of the people they chose and I I what I wrote about was my brief like they they wanted like one page so what I wrote about was just a brief um domestic violence story of what I went through and how I overcame it and um and I you know I was very honored to be chosen and um that's awesome yeah so I think just for me just writing and and music for me and and prayer too definitely helps you know I'm a big person about prayer when it comes to religion and so um 
I can't really think of anything else. I just... Yeah. Well, uh, all of those are really great things. Yeah, I mean... So, obviously, I try to avoid things that remind me of, you know, that I know are going to trigger me. Right. Um, but but I, it's not something I, like, walk around, like, thinking about 24-7, but... Well, that's a good but, thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. That you can move on to, yeah, to so. good things and not, not be focusing on that all the time. Because I'm sure yeah. when it first happened, then that was what's on your mind all the time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Over time, <laughs> over time, you know, it he time heals and yes. you investing in yourself with those scrapbooks and with music and with writing like all of those investments contributed to that too yeah. so um to kind of um turn it back around to you know you love sharing your story um and care lodge we serve survivors of domestic violence and mm-hmm. we have you know a shelter with people that were are fresh out of it right and fresh out of you know those situations and then Mm -hmm. we have some people that come to counseling can come to counseling services and you could have experienced it 20 years ago you know and still receive those services so for someone that might be either you know just in the middle of it or have or fresh out of it, just like you. Do you have any like encouragement that you could give, or any kind of insight that you would want to share to someone like that? I mean, I would just say you're not alone. You know, um, that I mean that you, it it may seem like things are sort of moving really, really slow right now, but you're you're gonna get through it. Um, and, and just the fact that you got out of it is, is huge, you know, is a huge deal. And, and I would say to a person, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you just for that, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people, you know, I know don't make it out, you know. So, um, so I would say to a person that I applaud you for getting out and, and, that, um, and that there is hope and... Um, there are people to talk to, so I would say to a person, don't let somebody tell you, um, that you can't talk to somebody, Mm -hmm. or whatever, however they worded that to you, if they did, um, that there are people to talk to, there are resources out there, and, and there is hope, so. That's right. Well, that's so good, Jessica, and I agree with you on all of those things, Mm -hmm. and, there is hope and there are resources and a lot of people think that there's no one going to be there for them and maybe it's yeah. not going to be a friend or a family member. That would be great if you had somebody <laughs> there with you, you know, advocating yeah. for you like that. But you will always have friends um, at Care Lodge and also at the other 11 shelters in Mississippi and one of them mm-hmm. being, you know, this Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence yes. is that there are advocates that understand um what you've been through and we might not know you know every single detail but we are here because we know what domestic violence is like and um we have resources and help to be able to get you through it so um thank you jessica Mm -hmm. for that 
Now a little bit about you and your plans. <laughs> okay. So you have Jessica has been helping us out a lot around the shelter, um, around our office building, and helping us answer the crisis line because she has a victim advocacy certification. So um, can you kind of share like what led you to get a victim advocacy certification and what your plans are with that? So. Uh, Two years ago, I can't believe I'm saying that because there are days when I feel like it just happened yesterday. (laughs) Um, Two years ago, I was the victim of a burglary and a sexual assault almost back to back um, with like three months in between each incident. Um, And, you know, both were, you know, very scary, you know, um, very traumatic for me. So, um, because I had never been through somebody breaking into my house before and especially you know I live by myself so okay so um so that was just you know when you're going through something traumatic you know that's traumatic enough but but when you go through it by yourself and you're and you're living somewhere out of state and you don't really know anybody you know I think that um makes it you know that much more impactful so um, so, and then three months later, uh, in the same year of 2019, I went through a sexual assault, uh, with the landlord of my house that got broken into. So, so it was kind of a little bit of a connection there, but, um, but, and then, you know, in my past, I've been through some other, you know, small, uh, things that were legally, um, kind of, you know, not right, and so, um, you know, I've been through, like, identity theft with, like, my credit cards and stuff like, you know, a little bit of, like, fraud and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, too, so, um, and then just recently I went through a, a scam, um, social media scam, so, um, and so just things like that, that were, that were crimes and, um, that I wanted justice for, you know, that I, that I wanted, Mm -hmm. um, somebody to, to stand up for me for and, and fight for me for and say, you know, this isn't right. And, um, so I think what, what led me to, be, want to become a victim advocate was I want to be on the other end and I want to um, be the one advocating for somebody else's rights and and so because um, I think a lot of times things don't even get reported or get um, disclosed to mm-hmm. authorities because victims are afraid that they're not going to be believed you know i um, definitely felt that with the sexual assault. I felt mm-hmm. like, you know, who's going to believe me that my landlord of all people sexually assaulted me, you know? So, uh, um, and you went through so much in such a little amount of time. <laughs> I, you know, I hear that a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been a, a roller coaster, but, um, but I, every day I, I find a way to get through it, so, but yeah, I, what led me to become a victim advocate, I, I 
wanted to be the one to, on the other end, to, to fight for the person's rights and to see what I could do to help them, um, wow. on the other end, so. Well, that's really powerful, Jessica, and you're already using that, those skills at Care Lodge, and yeah. you are seeking to give back and be that advocate that you needed in your time of crisis. Mm-hmm. So that is just amazing. And so we just applaud you here at Care Lodge for just, um, you know, how resilient, you you know, you've been and how the ways you've healthily coped with um, what you've been through. And so uh, we are so glad to have you on the podcast today. And we (laughs) hope that um, and I hope that your uh, testimony, I'm sure, is encouraging to some listeners um, today and that your story would be an inspiration to um, not only leave but to keep going and to seek for um, more in life (laughs) and to to moving on to 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 better bigger and better things and even though that you've been through so much you're still um, living and um, investing in yourself and so um, We are going to sign off, but thank you so much for being on the show. All right. Thank you. When Jessica described her life as she was trying to get out of a long, abusive relationship, she explained that she felt alone in her situation and like she was the only one going through what she was experiencing. That is until she found support at the Gulf Coast Center for Nonviolence, where she met other survivors. There, she had a chance to hear other stories with violence and also share her own. To get connected with a community of survivors or to learn about other Care Lodge services, be sure to visit us at carelodge.com. Make sure to follow Care Lodge on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. If you need help, be sure to call 601-693-4673. That's 601-693-HOPE. If you're not in the East Central Mississippi area, you can call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Thanks for joining us for Finding Your Way. Remember, you are the expert of your situation, and help is only a phone call away. Be safe and love one another.